Hello, everyone. This is the I'm Just a Kid podcast episode. Yeah, 154. Woo! We are here. We are doing it. I am currently in my hotel room in Medford, Oregon. Um, I've been traveling like a fucking motherfucker, dude. I was in, uh, as you know, last week's episode, I was in Richland, Washington. Then I went from Richland, Washington back to New York City, then back to New York City to Los Angeles. And then from Los Angeles, I flew into Seattle and then I flew here to Medford, Oregon. I'm doing shows um, at this place called Chadwick's Pub and Sports Bar. Fun little room. Um, it's uh, it's fun. You know, it's a it's a it's a nice it's a good comedy room. It's kind of got like a comedy cellar type of setup where it's like low ceilings, rectangle room. You know, everyone's kind of like jammed in there. Um, but you know, as much as I like doing comedy and headlining. And uh, doing, you know, doing the road. I love doing comedy. You know, I, I make a living out of fucking <laughs> saying inappropriate things. So I don't have much to complain about. But, man, I got to get booked in some more like, oh, I don't want to say liberal. That's not the right word. But more like younger, college you know, hipper cities, you know. Like I'm talking about like Seattle, Los Angeles, Chicago, um more popular cities, you know, because usually those cities, um, they're, uh, I hate to say this, but they're a little bit more, uh, up to date with the current references with like the, the social stuff, you know? And like I said, there's nothing wrong with Medford. There's nothing wrong with Richland like I did last week, but I'm telling you, man, like I did an hour on stage yesterday. Right. And for the first, I want to say 30 minutes of my act, I'm fucking killing, you know? Because I'm doing these jokes about my ethnicity, you know, so I'm like, I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican, so, you know, I uh, I drive slow and I drive without a license, you know. I'm doing all these race jokes. Then I do jokes about my girlfriend. She's Indian and white, so I'm doing jokes like, yeah, she doesn't know whether to become a doctor or sue a doctor. You know, all these stereotypes that are kind of hacky and just kind of simple, right? And I'm doing, then I do jokes about, you know, relationship stuff. It's like, you know, my girlfriend, uh... It's, you know, I don't know how to turn her on, you know, or like, oh, we've been married for so long. We're not married, but like, yeah, we've been together for so long and like, you know, try to keep it sexy in the bedroom. Just all these evergreen, easy topics, you know, and I'm fucking killing. And then I started doing the personal stuff, you know, I'm talking about my upbringing. I'm talking about therapy. And dude, it's like for some reason when you're in these middle America places, man, they just, they, it just doesn't register, you know, talking about struggle to, 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 to people that fucking, you know, detail cars for a living. It, it doesn't really connect. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm talking about like, like paying someone, you know, $200 to talk about my feelings. You know, I'm talking about how my parents, um, didn't show me love when these people grew up with fucking alcoholic parents and, you know, they're like living in RVs and shit. And, uh, yeah, that's where the difference, that's why comedy is so difficult. You know, that's why it's good to go on the road because you really learn what's more universal, you know? And listen, like, I think these like jokes about therapy and my upbringing, like you could, you know, part of me is, feels like I'm making an excuse, right? You know, I think like someone that's more critical, like my brain would be like, Hey man, we'll just make the fucking joke work. All right. 
Enough of your fucking excuses. You make those therapy jokes work to those people that fucking, you know, fish and voted for Trump. You fucking make it work, all right? But <laughs> there's just that thing where it's like, like, I say this all the time when, you know, people say I should do cruise ships. Or I like, oh, do you want to do my private gig um, in an old folks home? It's like, dude, I am in my late 20s, all right? I grew up in the 90s. Um, I live in New York City. I don't have any kids. I'm not married. I'm not divorced. None of that shit. It's like, how am I going to relate to these people that grew up in the fucking 40s? You know, how am I going to relate to people that have been through divorces, that have kids? Like, I don't like those are the, all, the, all, the, all the experiences that I don't I don't share them, you know, so I may be able to make them laugh but on a surface level, but I'm not going to really be able to connect with them, you know. So that's what it is. It's kind of just funny to me because like I was fucking killing yesterday. And then I wanted to work on, I have all these new jokes about my, you know, my mom being uh, a tiger mom, my dad not showing me any affection or any attention growing up, and how I'm working through it in therapy, and man, the dip, the dip from the dick jokes to the fucking, the sad jokes was uh, was a big, uh, big difference. <laughs> and then like, you know, for the last 10 minutes, I'm fucking like flailing and shit, I'm trying to think of a, another dick joke to get off on. Anyways, so as fun as the shows are, because when you're killing with these kind of crowds, man, they're fucking roaring. They're they're on your side, man. They're woo. And um, as fun as these shows are, it's like something that's good about doing clubs like in the city or in like a major, you know, major market, whatever. I guess college town, progressive market is that you get to kind of do these jokes that I guess are a little bit more. Uh. I guess 2022. Does that make sense? Am I insulting? That's probably insulting. Whatever. There's 11 people in Bedford. I don't think they're going to do anything. It's always weird. I See, I, I'm so happy I get to go back. I'm going back home um, tomorrow, and I'm going to be uh, home for throughout the holidays, and then I kind of go back on the road in January a lot. But uh, I don't feel comfortable doing these podcasts in the hotel rooms because they're always me just making fun of the city, you know? So... I don't know if, like, I'm going to be doing these one day and someone on the other side of the wall is just going to fucking shoot me in the head, you know, just bullet right through the fucking wall. And, um, yeah. But, anyways, good to be here. Um, what's going on with you, man? I uh, This is an accomplishment um, that I don't know if I should be proud of, but I just got to, like, gold status on uh, Delta Airlines. So I had a flight tomorrow. So I don't know if you guys know this about airlines, uh, Delta Airlines and like the SkyMile status. I hope I talked about airlines last week too, right? All right. So we'll keep this short. I don't want to bore people with fucking flying. <laughs> I'm like that hack comedian. What's the deal with flying? But um, I'm a medallion member on Delta. And um, I have like right now I'm silver, which is like the lowest tier of like privilege. And uh, I just got to gold. And uh, I'm very excited, man. It's pretty cool because literally every flight I buy like a regular main cabin seat and I just get bumped up now, which is which is pretty cool. You know, so I'm like a fake, fake rich person on all these flights. You know, in my normal life, I'm a poor piece of shit. But at the airport, you know, it, it looks like I'm rich, you know. So I got the gold status, which basically means um, I paid six thousand dollars this year in uh, flights. Um, once you spend that much money um, at Delta you get gold status. So I'll be gold status for the whole next year, which is exciting. I hope my girlfriend and I can go on vacation together and I can, you know, get her bumped up to like a first class seat. And, uh, 
I could get her into like that Delta Sky Lounge, you know, sure, sure what the good life is a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't want to talk any more about airline shit. Um, it's so it's so pretentious, you know. Um, I don't know if anyone can really get into that. So uh, let's move on. So yeah, uh, this has been a pretty fun week. Um, um, the news has been, you know, what's going on in the news? Kyrie Irving and his, uh, you know, anti-Semitic shit. Um, man, it's so crazy because I'm in my free time when I'm not doing comedy. All I really do is kind of like watch sports and I listen to like sports podcasts. And this has been just the topic all week, you know. And um, I got to admit, man, Kyrie Irving, kind of like Kanye West, like I really find them fascinating you know, not in their beliefs. I'm not like studying them. Like, man, I I, I like the way they think. No, I'm not anti-Semitic. But I, I I find that like their whole ego maniac narcissism thing to be really fascinating. Like Kyrie really thinks he's like right all the time. You know, like like he couldn't they, he couldn't apologize. Like it's pretty clear that you know there is this move. Like so, there's there's two things. He either watched like five minutes of this movie and he knew it was about like you know the history of of of, uh black people and i don't i don't know anything about the movie so i'm not gonna pretend like to but but i'm not gonna pretend like i know anything about the movie but i'm guessing you know this is like a pro black movie and he saw that it was and he wanted to promote it right like just put it on his like tweet it out without watching it and then he tweeted it without knowing that all this anti-Semitic shit was in it, and he got in trouble. The other side of the token is that he literally just watched the whole thing, and he knew it, and he wanted to fucking, like, get it out there, you know? Obviously, the latter is worse, you know, but ignorance is not an excuse, right? So I'm going to go on the side that, like, he, you know, he he he, he knew it was, like, a, a, a black history movie, right? So, but he didn't watch the whole thing. And he just tweeted it out. You know, maybe I was like, a, hey, I'm about to watch this tomorrow, right? And then he got a lot of shit for it. And the fact that he can't, like, apologize, dude, it's like, bro, it's like, I feel like the words I'm sorry are just, they, they just, they don't come out of Kyrie Irving or Kanye West easy. Like, they, they always think they're right all the time. And I find it fascinating because I am literally the opposite human. You know, if there's any inconvenience, I am always apologizing. You know, I'm throwing myself under the bus all the time, you know, like like in, even in situations where I'm totally right. You know, like I could be paying for like like a massage or something. Right. And if I if, if like the masseuse is like, you know what, I, give me five more minutes or something, then I'll get right to you. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, I'm paying for this hour. It's like, I shouldn't be apologizing. I should be outraged of anything, right? But it's so, I, I wish, I wish I could like, like, like stick a needle in Kyrie and Kanye and like take out whatever the, this narcissism they have is and like, and just put a little bit into my veins. So I have a little more confidence, you know, because as much as like you, people like, you know, how, how crazy they are. It's like I think you kind of need a little bit of that ego to to make it, you know? Like I feel like Michael Jordan, Kobe, same way. They were like I'm great all the time. I'm the best. I'm the shit. And they're, you know, you can't even if they think like the grass is fucking blue and the sky's yellow and fish fly, it's like they if they think it, they believe it, you know? So I just uh I find it really really fascinating fucking Kyrie Irving just like 
um, how he, uh, how he always thinks he's right, you know? And he's like 30 years old. He's my age, you know? It's like, that's the bummer about getting old. It's like, you start seeing these athletes, um, because athletes, they never come and go. Like, there's always going to be a new stud who comes in the league, and then there's always, you know, there there's going to be, you know, the studs are always in their early 20s, right? And it's like, all these baseball players, I'm watching on TV during the World Series, like Bryce Harper, he's like 30 years old, right? 29 or some shit. And I'm just like, I always look at baseball players and athletes as like, men, like those are real men, right? But the sad thing is now it's like, I'm older than these people. Like Juan Soto, what is he, like 21, 22? Fuck, you know? Mike Trout, I look at him, he looks like a real, I feel like a child when I see these people. But they're my age, you know? It's like, fuck, what have I done with my life? But... Anyways, Kyrie Irving, he just got suspended, right? Five, like five games. He's probably going to – it's got to be more than that, man. I mean, once the five games are up and once he's back out there, I think there's going to be more outcry, you know? I don't know. I wonder if he has any doubt right now or if he's still kind of just like Kyrie Irving, fucking serious ego, just nothing's wrong, you know? And he's like – feels victimized by everything. But, yeah, the movie he he um promoted was uh, Hebrews – to Negroes, wake up black America. That That's what it's called, right? And, uh, man, what great promotion, right? Who's this guy that made it? I don't know who the fuck directed this movie, but he must be so fucking thrilled. You know what I mean? It's like this movie came out in 2018. It, it's on Amazon, which takes fucking anything. I see all these people mad, like, why? how can Amazon promote this? Dude, you could put anything on Amazon. I can make a short film with my iPhone of my nutsack, and Amazon will fucking take it. You know? It, there's not. Re- I, I know comics that have no business having specials that have specials on Amazon Prime. And then they fucking go up on stage, Amazon Prime, special there. It's just like, all right, buddy, just, just calm the fuck down, all right? But there's no barrier to entry. But, yeah, this guy... This movie's been out for, what, four years now? Probably got 11 views in the last year on fucking um, Amazon, right? He's probably working at a at a Best Buy now because his career's not going well. And now he's got a fucking resurgence, right? And I'm telling you, man, as as sick as... Uh, oh, listen, I'm, I'm totally like, you know, I live in New York, right? I have a lot of Jewish friends. And just, just you know, <laughs> that sounded really bad. I have Jewish friends. No, but what I'm saying is like, you know, this anti-Semitism, racism, it's all fucking horrifying, man. It's really fucking gross. And it's so sick to see how many people on Twitter, like there's a hashtag that's trending like, I stand with Kyrie, I stand with Ye, it's like, or Ye, whatever the fuck it is, Ye is my, my fucking middle name. Um, And you just want to be like, God damn, dude, that's terrifying. There are people out there that, that, that really think this shit, and they're not even scared to fucking put it up. Like, I feel like with racism, of course, if you type the N-word into Twitter search, you're going to see some shit come up. But, like, I feel like most people that have those beliefs don't post it. But with the anti-Semitism, man, people are so comfortable posting about it, right? I stand with Kyrie. I stand with... They're just throwing it out there. Millions of people. It's, like, trending on fucking social media, you know? And it's just it's just fucking... It's just... uh, It's really terrifying, you know? And here's another thing, too. I can't believe, like, these movies, like, whatever this documentary is, Hebrews to Negroes Wake Up Black America. It's like, I've never heard of this movie. And, you know, it was a probably it was probably a nothing movie until Kyrie brought it to light. And it's like, I struggle so hard to get on fucking television. You know, I audition like three times a week for TV shows. I'm fucking on 
on Instagram trying to go viral so they'll fucking book me. And there's these movies I've never heard of that are, that are being made all the time, you know? I always give myself the excuse, like, oh, it's so hard to get on TV, blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's, I feel like this, like, you go on Amazon or Netflix, right? There's fucking seven million movies you've never heard of. Full cast, right? And I'm just like, how, why the fuck can't I, where are the casting calls for those things? How come I can't get on anything, you know? Not to say I would do a, a part in Hebrews to Negroes Wake Up Black America, but come on, man. If they're making these, these weird documentaries... I feel like I should be able to get on something, you know? I have no pride. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's been a fucking big topic. My prediction is that he'll play again, you know? Cause sad, as sad as it is, it's like these things, after some, after, you know, it's all about the, the next thing that happens, you know? Because, you know, even though, like, um, you know, Kanye lost all his endorsements, Kyrie's slowly losing all his endorsements, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, big news until the next thing comes up you know whoever says the mo next anti-semitic shit or whoever next the next person to fuck up then it'll be all on them you know that's just the reality of the world um but anyways yeah uh it's a bummer that's happening this week what else is happening it's election season are you guys electing people are you guys going out to vote i gotta be honest man and i'm i'm very embarrassed to say this and i hope more people i feel like a lot of people are like this but they don't want to say it because they're kind of scared like me. I don't know shit about politics. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I know it's election season. I'm getting, you know, ballots in the mail. I'm getting uh, I'm at the gym and they got Fox News and NBC and all these things saying election. Blah, 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 right. I don't know. I don't know who what the fuck's going on, you know. But uh. Yeah, it's like, it, I wish it was more like one of those things that you could be like, yeah, I don't really fucking care, you know? Like, if there's a movie that's out that you haven't seen, like, if there's a movie, let's say, like, I don't know what, like, every week there's, like, two new movies that come out on Friday, right? And, you know, if you don't see it, no one gives a shit, right? Of course, if it's, like, a big movie, some people might give you shit. But for the most part, it's like, oh, Barbarian came out this week. Did you see it? No. No one cares. But with, like, election shit, like, like people... You know, people take it really seriously. Like, dude, yesterday I was I was doing my show, and after the show, I was talking to this guy, and he fucking goes, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, how's you know where do you live?" I'm like, "Oh, I live in New York City." And he goes, "How's New York City?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, it's it's actually you know the you know the crime's kind of getting bad out there. It's a little scary, like pre Giuliani times, blah 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 blah." And uh, I just meant it like pre Giuliani's when the city was fucking dangerous. You know, when Times Square was like a horror, horror, fucking. Whore Narnia, not whore Narnia, what am I saying? Whore Utopia, right? And then I just do, I feel like the second he asked about New York City and the second I mentioned Giuliani, he went into like fucking political debate mode, you know? And he goes, well, like, uh, do you like Giuliani? And immediately I'm like nervous now, you know? Because not, not only do I have no knowledge of the topic I'm about to say, but it's like, I I you I already know he's trying to uh, 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 see what side I'm on, and if I'm not on the side he's on, you know, I could get fucking killed. You know what I mean? Like it literally felt like Russian roulette, where they they got the bullets and the gun, and they spin the fucking caliber shit, and they point it to your head, and they just right. And if I say the wrong answer, it's like if I say yes, and he goes, yeah, me too, blah blah blah. blah. But if I say, no, no, I don't like Giuliani, then it's just like, what are you, a fucking liberal piece of shit? 
would you vote for fucking Biden? Fuck you, dude. You know? And then, and then, so we're talking, and then he literally just asked me, he's like, well, are you a Republican or, or a Democrat? And I'm like, dude, why does this feel like you just asked me, do I want to die today or not? You know? Like, it literally felt like that. And thank God there were other people at the sh- trying to talk to me after the show, and I just fucking kind of went like, and I, like, diverted to them, you know? But it's like, dude, like, it was so uncomfortable, man. <laughs> it literally felt like, do you want to die today or not, you know? I almost wanted to lie and be like, yeah, no, because I, listen, we're, we're in, um, I, I know because other comics have played this area, like, this is a very Republican town, so I kind of knew he, where he was going with that, you know? So I was thinking about lying, being like, yeah, Republican, red, blah, Trump. You know what I mean? Just so I could live, you know? But then I was scared to say it, and then he would ask me these follow-up questions, you know, like, Giuliani, what year did he, or, or I don't know, and then I would just be exposed, you know? I just don't want to get fucking tied to a truck and then dragged across Medford, you know? So, <laughs> are you guys voting? I don't know who, who the fuck, should I be voting? Are you mad that I'm not voting, you know? People always say, it's like, hey, man, you got to make your voice be heard. You got to make your voice be heard. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, the same amount of people that are like, you got to vote and, you know, your vote counts are the same people that are being like, our government's fucked up and corrupt, you know? That's why we got to change it. It's like, okay, but if whoever I vote in office is still going to be corrupt, you know? So if you're saying the system's corrupt, does it matter who I put in there? You know what I mean? And I love that, too. It's like, your vote matters. It's like, dude, I am one person, okay? Like, there's never been an election where fucking one person... The, 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 the person lost by one vote. You know what I mean? That's never happened, okay? <sighs> Anyways, I don't know, like, I don't know what's going on with the election. It's everywhere, but does who else? Does anyone else feel me on this? Not, about not knowing shit about politics? You know, the big one, the big one is where I get involved, all right? The presidential one, that's where I get involved. You know, I watch the the, the debates. I, I bring out my popcorn, you know, that's when I get involved. All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's been a fun week. Um, I got some good news actually today. I just, I posted, uh, so I don't know if you guys, uh, I'm sure you guys follow me on the, on the social meds, but, uh, I've been having a real tough time trying to get shit going on Instagram, you know, in terms of like going viral and shit. So I'm posting all these reels and they're not, they're not doing well and it's kind of depressing. But today I posted one that got like 200,000 views or something. Got me like 100 new followers, which is uh, it's a good feeling, man. You know, as sad as it is, because it's literally just my phone and it's a, it's a it's a, you know, technology and, and Wi-Fi and it's not real. It's just a thing. You know, it still feels good to get all those likes and shit. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I just been struggling and, uh, I kind of knew the post today would do well because it was about me being, it was about my mom and, and, you know, Chinese, Chinese moms. And, uh, man, it's, it's so sad. You know, the fact that I knew that it would do well because I'm talking about being Chinese is, is, it's just fucked up because <laughs> that's just what, what works. For me, at least, you know, it's like every time I post something like, oh, I'm talking about being Asian or talking about being Puerto Rican or talking about my family, right? 
it always goes viral. But anytime I talk about stuff like it kind of it kind of goes back to the, the thing I was saying about performing here in Medford. It's like the first 30 minutes I was killing was like all the race stuff, the sex stuff, the girlfriend stuff. Killing, killing. But then, you know, I talk about therapy or anything I like I, I have passion about, you know, just fucking pff, right down the fucking algorithm toilet, you know. Um, Yeah. So today I posted like this Chinese Chinese Puerto Rican thing. And uh, this Chinese mom thing went viral, which is good, but it's tough, man, because, you know, I want to like also another thing about the video. It's like it wasn't a stand up clip. It was more of like a, a, a selfie joke video, you know, which my girlfriend uh, is not a fan of those things. And for the most part, I'm not really a fan of either because like it's not it's it's like it's kind of weird, you know. But I feel like this new generation of people, especially these people who are hardcore on TikTok and hardcore on Instagram reels, they fucking love this shit, man. And it's a weird thing where it's like, I want to do the things I like. Like, I want to talk about stand-up. I mean, I want to I wanna be known for stand-up, and I want to do, like, edgy jokes and stuff. But um, it's just like, sometimes, like, I guess this was called, it's called playing the game, you know? And it's like the thing that seems to be more interesting to a wider group of people is about me being Chinese, me being Puerto Rican. Hold on, my girlfriend just fucking called me. I gotta tell her. She always calls me in the middle of a podcast. I swear to God, dude. Um, just text her real quick. So she doesn't call again. She has a habit of calling 18 times in a row until she gets to me. Um, you put it on Do Not Disturb. I should have just put it on Do Not Disturb from the beginning. But yeah, anyway, so what was I talking about? Um, oh, the fucking, uh, the video. Yeah. So I got, I have a viral video. It's just so fucking tough, dude. And the sad thing is like a lot of my negative feelings in life come from social media, you know, like trying to go viral. And then you see other people who are going viral and then getting followers and you just feel like dog shit, man. You feel like the algorithm is picking on you and you're like even scared to talk about it because you know, our devices are listening to us, right? Right? You're listening. You're listening. I'm pointing to my laptop and my and my phone. Like they're listening. So whatever we talk about, like the other day I got pet insurance for my uh for our for my girlfriend and I cat, right? We have two cats. I got pet insurance. And fucking all these ads. Pet insurance, get pet insurance, get pet insurance. It's like shit, dude. So you know, I feel like if I talk about, you know, oh the algorithm's fucking me or all this blah blah blah. It's like then the phones are gonna be like, Oh, 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 we know how to keep them going. Uh, let's keep fucking with them on the algorithm. You know what I mean? So it's just fucking evil, dude. And it's uh, it's literally the main source of so much of my insecurity, you know? That's why it sucks, man, because um, I should be feeling good about stand-up, you know? Because when I do, you know, for the most part, when I go up on stage, I fucking do well. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a funny comic, right? And that's the real art. That's the art form, and that's the hard part, and that's the, the, the best part, the fun part. And... Sometimes, man, like, I'll, I'll wake up, I'll post, and I'll see something, like, bomb, get one like, and after an hour, and I'm just, like, deflated. And, you know, I got to wait until, like, 7, 8 p.m. to, like, feel better about myself because, you know, like, I don't, you know, that's when the shows are, you know? And, you know, it's just something I'm trying to work on. It's, like, you know, it's great to have this little viral video, um, and I wanted to keep going, but it's just that weird balance of, like, okay, I don't want to be some um, niche guy on social media that's only talking about being Asian you know I want to talk about like the other things I have um I'm passionate about you know like I, ha I remember 
I was doing pretty well on social media on Instagram, for example. I was like, you know, my videos were getting hundreds and thousands of views. I was talking about being Chinese, Puerto Rican, all these jokes. And then I posted stuff about being in therapy, man, and they just went nowhere. And I felt uh, I felt like I hurt my algorithm. But it like it hurts, you know? Cuz like the self-expression about being my my problems and therapy like that means a lot to me too. And for it to be like literally them be like, "Yeah, no one's going to be interested in this and flush it down." It's like no different than the industry, right? People always complain the industry doesn't know shit, the industry's fucking us. Like the industry just chooses people they like and they fucking push them out. The algorithm's the same thing, man. They they fucking pick people that they want to promote and then are things that like topics that they want are hot topics or trending topics and everything else, every new idea, everything else. It's like they 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 just flush it, man. So it's like I hate I love it when these people go, "Oh, you know, social media is great because you can kind of make your own thing. You can kind of, you know, you don't need the industry. It's like, it's it's kind of the same thing. The algorithm is the industry, you know? It really is because all the topics, all the trends, they all follow the same shit, you know? There's not, like, whatever you see now in movie theaters and on TV, it's not too far off of what's trending on social media. You know what I mean? Anyways, that's my fucking spiel. And you know, it's it's just like that's why I like uh, my Facebook page, right? Because I feel like I've built this following, and you know, I, I think we just hit 30k. We, we, me, I hit 30k. No, but with your guys' help, I got up to like I got up to 30k followers, and I feel like I'm at the point now where I have real fans who are invested and like my sense of humor. You know, so whenever I post something, even if it's not about being Chinese and Puerto Rican. People kind of know me, and they they like it, you know? And if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself. That's all I'm saying. Because, like, there was a video I posted recently. I forgot what the joke was. It was on Facebook, but I posted something, and, like, you know, she basically... So it was a joke where, like, the punchline was something about sex, you know? Because I admit, like... Whatever. So it was a joke where I posted and then like the punchline was sex. And this lady commented on the video, the joke. She goes, listen, uh, I gave you a shot. All right. But I got to admit, I just don't like sex jokes. You know, I gave you a shot. I gave you a chance. And you just, you know, it's all about sex. And I don't like that. And, you know, that's a direct quote, by the way. But first off, it's like, listen, you got a point. All right, because when she said that, I did kind of look at the my 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 some of my jokes and be like, all right, like uh, sometimes I rely on sex too much for like an easy laugh. Because come on, sex, dick, poop, sex, jizz, body parts, right? That's an easy laugh. It's shocking. It's good. It's not necessarily smart, right? Um, but sometimes you know, comics we get lazy or co- like sometimes you just lean. You you kind of lean. And I, that happens to me, like, when I'm first writing a joke. Sometimes I kind of try to think of something like a punchline, and it kind of gets sex-heavy, right? And then after a while, when I'm rewriting, rewriting, I try to make it clean and try to make it more smarter and something I might be able to do on television or get on, like, SiriusXM, the clean channel, because they pay a lot, right? But sometimes in the beginning, the first punchline starts like that. I forgot what comic has that great quote. I think it's, like, Jezelnik or Mulaney. It's, like... It's not usually it's not your first punchline you write. That's the one that ends up working. It's like your third one. All right. So it's trial and error. But she but I just find it so fucking interesting that 
she wrote like I gave you a chance. It's like I feel like most people, if they see something they don't like, they just fucking move on, right? You click next, press next, whatever. You hit the next on the remote, but they literally sit there and write a comment, which starts off, um, "I gave you a chance." It's like, man, you have a real fucking big ego, you know? You really think your opinion is that important? We have to literally announce to the world, everybody, everybody, I gave this a chance. All right. I'm Roger Ebert. I'm the next coming of Roger Ebert. And everyone should know that I gave this a chance. I gave my, my sensibilities took it on. And you know what? I didn't like it because of that, because of that. It's like, bro, like, I don't know. Just fuck off. If you don't like it, move on. You don't have to like it. All right. It's not going to kill me. It's that same shit as the one vote is not going to swing anything. If you unfollow me, if you don't like my shit, there's 30,000 people that give a shit, all right? So just fucking move on. You're not any special. It's just so crazy to me, you know? And I know I shouldn't let it bother me. It's just a comment from a person who doesn't have a, a real photo for their fucking profile photo. But I don't know. That's the one thing about the internet that's crazy. It's like, you know, and, and, and like people are acting not the way they would act in real life, you know? Like, I no, there's no way, no way. That if I was in public and I saw someone do something I didn't like, I would go up to them and be like, you know what? I gave you a chance, okay? But I didn't like the way you coughed, all right? It was loud. It was egregious. No, most people keep it in. But to see people voice those fucking inner thoughts and just say it to people, it's like fucking crazy, man. There's got to be something, you know, in a utopia, in a perfect world, if you wrote something shitty to someone on social media— Right, something that's worth getting punched in the face in public. There should just there should be something that like you know you get a knock on your door, you open it, and a dude just fucking punches you right in the face, you know, and then you're like shit. It was because I fucking trashed that guy in social media for no reason, you know. I'm not saying that lady or whoever it was that commented should get punched in the face. I'm just saying, you know, that shit was unnecessary. Keep it to yourself. All right. Anyways, um. As you know, in the podcast, we answer questions from fans. Um, I hope this was okay. I, I do this every fucking solo cast. You know, I'm so insecure, but I do my rants and shit for 30 minutes. And I always go, oh, is that good? Is that, is that, is that? That's why I literally, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start paying for people to sit here and laugh. Because my girlfriend always tells me, because sometimes we'll be together and I'll rant about something. To, or I'll be on the phone with her and I'll just complain about something. And then she'll be like, this is the funniest. You're so funny when you get angry and shit, you know? Um, so I'm trying to channel that, but it's hard, you know? All right. Anyway, so let's answer some questions. Um, let's see here. Um, we got some, uh, really good questions. Um, thanks. Thanks again for people that send questions in, man. It's, it's, uh, it's really sweet. And, um, I know it's, you know, people are busy. People got shit going on in their lives. So I appreciate you taking the time and thinking of shit, man. Um, also, it's just like I post on my, you know, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube, everything prompting for questions. And a lot of times those uh, posts don't get any likes, you know, and it's kind of sad because <laughs> like I could just imagine someone looking at me like looking at my status like, oh, send me a question for my podcast. And there's no response. And people are just looking like that guy's fucking talking to a wall, you know, but People send questions, man, and it's fucking, it's so cool. It's so cool. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Um, so Michael 
Michael Reagan or Reagan. It's not Reagan because Reagan, like Ronald Reagan, would be R-E-A-G-A-N, right? But this guy, Michael Reagan, his last name is spelled R-A-G-A-N. He asked, do you have a favorite story about a comeback to someone, not necessarily a heckler, anyone in life, work, family, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, or a heckler, like one of those stories you think about even years later, and you're so glad you had a perfect comeback? Um, So this is a great question. Um, Or he goes, oh, he, he adds on, or reverse, a story where you thought later, why didn't I fucking say that? Every interaction... Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so, so he goes, so he adds on. So his question is, have you ever had a good comeback to someone? Or have you ever had a story where you thought later after the interaction, like, fuck, why didn't I say that, right? And I thought, I read the question earlier in advance and I thought about it. And I'm really, this is really sad, but I don't, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I've never had a, ah, gotcha moment. I just never, you know, I'm too in my head. You know, I've definitely had moments where I'm like, fuck, when did I say that? I mean, Jesus Christ, that's like pretty much any time I think about a crush I had in high school, you know, I always think about why didn't I say I liked them or why didn't I say I'll give you one. I remember one time in uh, high school. No, 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 no. Middle school. There was like this middle school eighth grade dance. Right. And I had a crush on this girl and I asked her like I, I was playing on asking her to the dance. And I feel like we had a rapport. You know, it's like. We, we would flirt in class sometimes and like we, we were doing like mean flirting where we would like make fun of each other, you know, like shit on each other a bit like, uh, you know, and then we would smile after, you know, that kind of cutesy thing. I, I just had a, a gut feeling that she was like into me. Right. So I remember I was playing on asking her out to this dance and I, uh, I, prepa- I literally I was at home preparing for it, you know, and uh, obviously I didn't ask my mom or dad for for tips, you know, I didn't have that kind of, you know, relationship with my parents. So I literally remember I'm in the basement of my house. I'm like talking to my doorknob, <laughs> you know, just, just like preparing lines like, Hey, you know, I, th- I think we get along, you know, I think that you, you want to go to the eighth grade dance with me, blah, blah, blah. And I practiced it. Um, the next day I went to school and I remember because, you know, in uh in middle school or whatever school you have passing time. Right. And, you, you know, after the, as the year goes on, you start to, you know, you, everyone's got the same passing time. You know, if you don't know what passing time is for whoever, it's like in between classes where you go from class to class, right? So you have like four minutes to get to your next class and you start to remember, you know, you start to know who you're going to see, um, between passing time, right? You know, cause you start learning what p- routes people take and you start, maybe you plan things ahead. Like, oh, like from second to third period, I, I, um, my classroom's next to my buddy's locker, so I go hang out there for a little bit, right? So the girl I had a crush on, you know, let's just say it's between third and fourth period. I knew she, you know, her locker was there, and I was walking by it every day, and she would always be there on, on my way to my fourth period of class. So I planned to, uh, to ask her out there. So I remember it's all happening. Third period's done. I'm walking to fourth. She's at her locker, and I go up, and I go, um... I'm so fucking nervous too, man. I, I couldn't even look at her in the face. I'm fucking sweating, just pouring sweat. And I remember look, asking her, hey, do you want to go to the dance with me? And she was super serious, man. Like, And she didn't even look at me. She's like doing her locker combo. And she says, yes, right? And at this moment, I proceeded to just fucking run away. That's it. She said yes. And I 
just darted off. And it's because, like, I didn't practice what the thing to do after was, you know? Like, I practiced. You want to go to the dance? You want to go to the dance? But I wasn't, I didn't prepare the yes or the no, you know? So she says yes, and I'm like, ah, I don't have this fucking down. And I just fucking ran away. And the sad part is I never followed up. Like, I never, um, we, we didn't end up going to the dance together. Because I never had the balls to like follow up, you know what I mean? So I remember, and it's funny too, because I remember seeing her at the dance, and I remember like she, you know, she she looked great, like she had like a dress on and everything, and uh, I remember like locking eyes with her on the dance floor, and she's like dancing with another kid. I'm just like, I don't know why you're hurting my feelings, you know? Like we weren't even dating. I asked you, you said um, yes. I didn't follow up like a pussy, but you're still trying to make me jealous for some reason. What the fuck? Right. So that's one of those interactions where like, oh, man, in the shower, even to this day, I'm just like, why didn't I say cool? I'll pick you up or cool. Like I or just something, you know, it's just like, God damn it. Where were you? Where were you scared of? Jesus Christ. You know, um, I also have that like, fuck when I say that oh, almost every single time I'm dealing with a heckler in the crowd. You know, sometimes I come up with good lines, but then, you know, most of the times after the show, I'll be in the shower a day, maybe even like weeks later, and I'll think about that interaction and I'll just be like, I'll think of a actually like a way better line in the shower, you know, which is useless. You know, I can't go back in time, get in a DeLorean, 88 miles per hour, go back to the show with that line, you know, and I'm just like, fuck, I should have said that. I, I fucking God damn it. I wish I was quicker on my feet, you know, but yeah, um, that's a great question. Um. So the first part of the question you asked, what what is one of those stories where you had a great comeback or something? I like I said, dude, I thought really long and hard. I'm just so pathetic. I've never had one of those. I'm still looking to have one of those. But I'll give you some uh, examples of uh, when I, I I saw other people with those great comeback moments. Um, there was a comedy club that I work at. I'm not gonna say the names of the people or the comedy club because then that would kind of. Uh, That'd be revealing too much information. But I was opening for this guy, hilarious guy, and I was the middle act. I was the feature act, and there was a host, right? And the host is a a, a local comic, okay? And it just so happens, like, at this club we were working at, the owner of the club, he usually hosts at the club, right? It's his club, and then he'll just go in there, and he'll host the show. And so me, after our shows, me, the host, and the headliner were at a bar, and the host is complaining to me and the headliner about how, like, the guy who owns the club keeps hosting the shows and he's taking away stage time from young comics, right? And the headliner was like, wait, to the host. He was like, don't you have me booked on your show next week or something? And then the host is like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're confirmed for that, yeah. And he goes, are you going to do any time on that show? And then the host is like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do, like, 15, 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And then the headliner was like, then what the fuck is, how is that any different than what the guy who owns the club's doing? You know, this guy put millions of dollars into a comedy club, right? It's been, it's a club that's been like running for like 30 years or some shit. And you're giving him shit because he wants to go and host up there. You know, it's like when he said that, it's like, there's nothing. There's, it's a bulletproof fucking argument, you know, or retort. And you could tell the, the host had nothing. He just kind of was like, ah, oh, yeah, I died. You know, fucking shit. You know? And it was just the the perfect, like, 
like just just shut your mouth you ungrateful shit moment you know <laughs> it's like you're working at a club and like stop being a whiny pathetic fucking bitch you know what i mean it's like and and that's just a lot of comics i feel like we all want to complain you know about the stage time we're not getting or even the stage time we are getting and it was just that was a great just shut it down moment you know i remember another one um i was in high school and um this older kid who had a car, this is before I had a driver's license, he would pick me and my buddies up and we would just drive around our, our the town of Edison, New Jersey. And we would buy weed, we'd smoke it, we'd blunt ride and shit. And there was this one time I was sitting in the back and the older kid was sitting in the front driving and next to him was the... So we had a rule, like whoever was in the shotgun seat was the person... Whoever was sitting shotgun was the guy who like bought the blunt, you know what I mean? So we would all chip in on the weed, but whoever bought the 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 Dutch, where we would take out the tobacco and then roll the roll the blunt within the weed with the, the the wrapping paper, whoever rolled and bought the 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 Dutch would sit shotgun, right? So this guy was rolling a blunt, uh, he was sitting shotgun and like, but he was like sitting it sitting there like this, kind of blocking the guy's rearview mirror, the driver. So where he's driving and he tells like the guy, you know, like, hey, man, like, can you fucking move back? I can't see the rear view mirror. And then the guy rolling the blunt goes, dude, like I'm rolling a blunt, you know, like because when he's when you're rolling a blunt, he was like he's got like, you know, we had he had like a book on his on his um on his lap, you know, with the weed out and shit. So he's like kind of hunched over. And he's like, come on, I need to roll the blunt. You know what are you talking about? And the driver goes, uh, yeah, well, I need to fucking see, you know, <laughs> And, like, we also started laughing so hard because it was like, yeah, it's like when you're driving, you need the rearview mirrors to see if anyone's going to pass you or anything, right? So for you to be like, well, I'm just, I'm rolling marijuana, you know, you shouldn't be driving safe. It was just, like, the perfect, like, dude, shut the fuck up moment, you know, just sit there. And I'm sure they got, I don't remember what happened. I think he, we all just laughed, you know, and he rolled a blunt and then we got, we got high again and probably went to Taco Bell. Um, but, yeah, those are a couple of fucking comeback moments. That I have never been a part of. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Um, great fucking question, though. Um, all right. Uh, this guy on TikTok, his name is, uh, his username is terrible. It's Jizz, Jizz Wizard. And the eyes are ones. Um, hey, man, listen. I can't even, I can't even judge you. All right? Because when I was growing up, when I had AOL AIM Instant Messenger, my username was Chink Think. And the eyes were ones. Yeah. That's how, that's, that's the kind of kid I was. Um, but yeah, um, he asked, why is your podcast, this podcast, why is it named I'm Just a Kid? Okay, that's a great question. Um, here's, here's, so the theme song of the podcast is Simple Plans, I'm Just a Kid, which is like a pop punk song. So my comedy um, influence uh, kind of came from like these, 90s high school movies like American Pie, then your early 2000, Not Another Teen Movie, The New Guy. That was a lot of where my inspiration come from to like get into comedy. And a lot of these movies um, came out when like pop punk, like Blink-182, Offspring, Green Day, um, Simple Plan was like very big. And like the soundtrack for all those movies were those songs. And I'm Just a Kid, which is one of those songs that really just fucking hit home because I felt like a kid that was kind of an outcast, you know? And, like, the lyrics of that song are like, 
you know, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. I'm just a kid and blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm st- like he's got lines in it, like, I'm home all alone. No one cares that I'm home alone. And, like, dude, there was a lot of nights growing up when I was in middle school, high school, that it was, like, Friday, Saturday night, 9 p.m., and, you know, no one, I had no plans, and I just felt fucking sad, you know? I knew everyone. And then, like, the worst part is, like, Sunday or Monday, you'd be on Facebook, and then you would see everyone post, like, the, you know, whatever, fall 2022 they would update it with their party photos, and you're just like, "Fuck!" There was a party Friday, party, or there was a party Saturday. No one told me. God damn it! I just stayed home, and fucking played Mario Kart and jerked off, and you just felt terrible, you know. So I'm just a kid, really hit home. Um, and then when I th- was thinking of a podcast idea, um, as you, I don't know if you guys know, um, but the original podcast idea was to like ask people about their high school experience. So it all kind of played together like that, where it's like I'm just a kid is about, you know, high, you know, it's just, it's, you know, that feeling of being a kid, being in high school and kind of being neglected and feeling like a loser. And I guess another theme of the podcast is just like, I'm the grown man who's doing stand-up comedy, talking shit for a living and unwilling to like get a real fucking job, you know? So I'm basically just acting like a kid. Um, yeah. So that's where the inspiration of the podcast is. Jizz Wizard. Sounds like you're just a kid too. <laughs> with that fucking username. Um, all right. Rico Aviles, who's a, a friend of mine from Missouri. Um, great dude. Great dude. Um, he's got a great podcast, too. You guys should listen to it. I think it's I forget what it's called. Um, oh, fuck. Rico Aviles. Ricardo Aviles. Go, just go look him up. He's a fucking funny dude. Um, um, he asked, who do you see becoming the next pillars of comedy? That's a great question, and it's hard to answer because, you know, I guess when you say pillars of comedy, it's kind of a mix of, like, who's going to be, like, famous, right? Like, who's going to be the next Kevin Hart, Amy Schumer, um, who else is, like, really, Pete Davidson? Like, who's going to be, like, that next just massive celebrity? And it's pretty crazy because, like, there are a lot of people that are doing well that I, you know, that are kind of, like, in my inner circle or whatever or my group of comics no one's gotten like really really famous yet you know i mean i remember tim dylan before he was famous but i wasn't like you know tim dylan i didn't start together but i guess people who i can see being like famous in the future are just people right now that i think are really funny and they have that combination of like it and also that are actually funny because I think a lot of times in stand-up, um, you have people that are have it, but they're not really funny. Or they're really funny, but they don't have it, you know? So I guess a couple people that I thought of that have both are um, this guy, Usama Siddiqui. He's a fucking hilarious comic, dude. He fucking murders all the time. And he's a good-looking dude, man. He's got the cheekbones. He's in shape. And uh, he's tall, you know, handsome guy. And uh, he does a lot of acting stuff, too. I think he did some uh, a couple shows on Netflix recently. So he's like a fucking... He's a guy that I could see being like super famous at some point. Um, Eagle Wit, also another guy. Mixed race, super funny, good looking, a lot of charisma. Um, I could see him, you know, getting famous one day. Jamarco Ceresi, another guy, just fucking killer on stage. 
tall, good looking. He's got like these really vascular arms and shit. Um, Shafi Hossein, good friend of mine, just a really handsome Bengali dude, man. Killer guy, killer joke, super nice and hardworking too. And then you got like uh, Ariel Elias, who just he's the, she's the girl that got the beer can thrown at her. Um, I don't know, like like she's like we did a comedy contest once, and she she just she beat me, and it was really close. Like we both did really well, but she's got that it factor. I feel like you know, and she's got killer jokes, so she's also someone I see. I could see like I'm really trying to think of people that I could see being like famous and on TV and in movies and shit in the future. You know, so these are a couple people. Um, off the top of my head, Marcelo Hernandez, he just got an SNL. So, I mean, I remember when I first met him in Miami, he was just adorable, adorable kid. And he was so likable on stage, man. And he was just starting out. So like, um, his, he, 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 you could tell he was just starting to get stage presence, but he was just so damn likable, you know? And you could just tell like, once he gets the stage presence together, um, He's going to be fucking so funny and so killer. And he just got an SNL. So, yeah, he's 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 going to be famous. Uh, Jeff R. Curry is another dude. Good-looking guy. He just got in the comedy cellar. And he's been posting clips of him killing at the cellar. And he's gone viral. So, he's another dude. It's like finally getting his due. I remember R. Curry, I would see him at uh, Stand Up New York. And he had like eight, like 9,000 followers. And he'd be like, dude, I've been trying to get to 10K my whole life. God damn it. I don't know what to do. Then he got in the cellar, and the cellar sold out every night, so he's got all these fucking amazing cl uh, clips, and now he's got like 100K followers, so Jeff R. Curry, good-looking dude. Um, he'll be fine, too. I can, and he's, a, he's just a funny dude, man. So those are a couple people I have in mind. I don't know. Am I right about any of them? Probably. I hope I'm... I hope when people ask... I hope I'm one of those people that people say. I don't know. I feel like I'm a good-looking dude. I feel like I'm funny, but... Do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? Anyways. All right. Next question. This guy asks, uh, oh, his name is really hard. Rocio Torres Valerde. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he goes, out of joke, how do you identify more, Chinese or Puerto Rican? Um, that's an easy one for me, Chinese, for sure, because my mom did most of the raising of me growing up. You know, She sent me to Chinese schools. She taught me Chinese. She wanted me to hang out with other Chinese kids. She wanted me to get good grades. So um, I went to like Buddhist temple with her and stuff. So she really, and I went to, you know, Taiwan and China a lot growing up. So she really made sure I had that culture in me. And just growing up, like my dad, you know, growing up, I would go to the Chinese and Puerto Rican side of the family for the holidays. So it was a little more balanced then. But as we've gotten older, um, I think the but the Puerto Rican side of the family. My dad, my dad's just like very antisocial, kind of an awkward guy. So he never really put together plans to see my Puerto Rican side of the family. So pretty much the last forever ten decade plus, the holidays have just been with my Chinese side of the family. So definitely relate to more of my Chinese side, and I think I just generally look Chinese, Asian. You know what I mean? So I relate to that. People think I have a little dick. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, let's keep it going. All right. So here's a question I meant to ask. Uh, ask. I meant to answer last week, and I kind of missed. Um, Rob Slam, he asked. Um, so Rob Slam was actually, we went to the same college freshman year. Um, 
we went to Rutgers Newark our freshman year, and he was roommates with this guy Chris Albuquerque, who played basketball. And uh, I didn't know Rob. I don't remember Rob. Um, but I remember Chris, and Chris was a fucking goofy dude, man. He's like he was like six. I don't know eight. Just a fucking fun guy. Always big, stupid smile on his face. You know. Um, I think he was from like Patterson, New Jersey. So he just knew how to like roast people, you know. He was just such a lovable dude, man. Like, I miss those those Rutgers Newark days, man. Like, the friendships I made that first year. Oh, it was just it was just that combination of like first year of college, living away from your parents for the first time, um, just like being young and like not really having a care in the world. It's just, it was great. So Albuquerque, hope you're doing well. Rob says he's married now. Um, he married an R an RN. I guess did he mean R A or R N? Um, I don't know, but he's married. He's a special ed teacher for a prep school. Um, good for you, Chris, man. I hope one day our paths can cross again. Cause Chris Albuquerque is one of those guys, anytime you see him, it would brighten up your day, you know? He's also a tall dude, so he's a good guy to have on your side, you know, in case you gotta get into some shit. But anyway, so Rob asked me um, pretty standard question I get a lot. He wants to get into comedy, so he asked, what's the best way to just throw yourself into the mix? How much material should I have before I even attempt to do an open mic? Um, he's, you know, okay, so Rob said he's a big stand-up fan, and uh, he wants to get into comedy. He's been too scared, and he wants advice on how to get into comedy. And you just answered your own question, bro. The best way is just throw yourself into the mix. Um, just do it. It's one of those things. You got to bite the bullet. You got to just fucking go for it. Honestly, man, like you don't need that much preparation. Your first time is going to be at an open mic where no one gives a shit. You know, if anything, if you say it's your first time, you're going to have a good set because people are going to, you know, root for you, you know. But I mean, here's what I would suggest. Whatever the open mic is you're going to have it planned in advance and just know how much time you're going to do. So if it's three minutes, if it's five minutes, just have something ready and something like kind of talked out in front of a mirror or whatever that, you know, is three to five minutes. And I would actually plan even more because a lot of times adrenaline kicks in, you start forgetting shit and you're going to skip shit. And then, you know, your five minutes, you, what you thought was five minutes ends up being two, you know? And there's that whole thing with like, you say things and then the crowd doesn't react and you just fucking freak out. Right? So all you do, man, is just write, just take an hour and write all this funny shit. This, whatever you think's funny, whatever, just eating, whatever word vomit is coming out. Just like, Stuff that you want to talk about, stuff that you think is funny, just write it down. Write it down and what you think is a joke, okay? And then just try it. That's it. There's not much preparation. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. But here's here's how, here's the way I'm going to put it, man. Do you want to live your life with regret? You know, if you're thinking about doing this every fucking day, it's almost like a herpy, man. And the only way to get rid of that is to fucking just get up there and do it. And once you do it, it'll be done. It's five minutes. You know, there's 24 hours in a day. You spend five minutes scrolling on on your phone. You spend five minutes watching porn every day. It's just, it's not, you know, and it's going to change your life in the sense it's like you're going to do it. Even if you bomb, you're going to feel proud about that you actually fucking conquered a fear, you know? So do it. Joke structure, all that shit, don't worry about it. Just write down what you think's funny in whatever way you think is funny and just try it. Because you're not going to know all the intricacies of how to tell jokes about this and that. That's all shit you'll learn from experience and your 100th, 200th, 500th, 1,000th time on stage, you know? 
But that first set, it's just about getting it over with, basically, and having fun, man. It's just about having fun. There's no stakes, you know? You're not going to get up there and bomb, and you're going to go to jail. You're not going to get up there and bomb. Your girlfriend's going to dump you. You're not going to get up there and bomb, and your whole life's going to come. You're going to lose your job, you know? It's like um, like in a roller coaster, right? If you're scared of roller coasters, or not even if you're scared, if you like roller coasters, but like King of the Ka, like every time I go on King of the Ka, I'm like, fuck, that's high, man. And you just know you're going to have that feeling where the stomach drops and it's you never know. There's that chance it could fucking fly off, you know. But then you go up there, get it, do it. You know you're going to be fun at the, at the end of it. You're going to be fun at the end of it. It's not a life or death situation. So just take some solace in that. Write some shit down and go out there and do it. That's it. All right. Um, great questions. Next week, man, we'll have more questions, obviously. Send them in. Send them in. Questions, advice, anything you want. I'll fucking talk about it. I'm running out of questions. So um, if you guys don't send questions in, it's going to be me babbling for an hour next week. But um, thanks for the questions, guys. Um, before I end the podcast, I do want to do something new where I incorporate a quote of the day to kind of end on. Um, I also wanted to include a fact, uh, a couple like facts that I find interesting. I, I, I read these fun facts on Twitter sometimes, and I, I want to share them with you guys. Um, I think it'd be fun for the podcast. But I'm kind of, I kind of rambled too much about fucking bullshit earlier, so I got to wrap this one up. So I'll end on a quote. Um, and this quote actually kind of segues or connects with um, what Rob asked. Um, the quote I'm going to leave you guys with today is the expert in anything was once a beginner by Helen Hayes. I don't know who the fuck Helen Hayes is, but that's a that she's a smart person. That's a great comment. I mean, a uh, quote, you know, and Rob, I hope you take that one to heart because the expert in anything was once a beginner. We all got to start from somewhere, man. Even me, you know, I'm no expert, but, you know, I know what I'm doing on stage, but there was a point where. I was you. I was, I had nothing. Started from scratch. You know, I was a beginner. I was embarrassing. I embarrassed myself plenty of times. But you got to start somewhere, man. And you'll be surprised, man, if you just start. Next thing you know, time flies, man. If you just start, next thing you know, it's going to be six months that go by. And you're like, fuck, I've been doing this for six months. That's what happened to me. You know, I've been doing comedy for eight years. And I'm just like, fuck, it's been eight years. You know, just fucking start, you know, and you never know what it, uh, what it, it can, you know, that's the great thing about comedy um, or a- anything in life worth doing. It's like to become an expert, you got to start somewhere. There's no fucking shortcuts. Anyways, um, tour dates real quick. Um, I'll be in um, Caroline's Comedy Club, New York City, November 16th. Too Small to Fail Comedy in, a, in a Queens, November 18th. Um, and then uh, Comedy Loft DC, December 2nd to 3rd. And Triad Theater, New York City, December 9th. Guys, thank you so much for listening, tuning in as always. I really appreciate you. And uh, I'll see you next week. Send questions, and I hope you guys enjoy this. Zaijin, adios.